Welcome to our weekly podcast of Womankind Collective with me, Lou Hawkins-Thompson and me, Jinty Sheeran. Join us as we embark on a fun and educational journey, talking to experts and advocates on subjects that are often taboo. So go and get that kettle on and settle in for a chat and probably a lot of laughter along the way. This week's episode is entitled What to Wear and We Chat Fashion. Have you lost your way when it comes to fashion or style? Not sure what suits you anymore? Well, our guest today is image consultant and colour specialist Annie Chung, who will be telling us how we can dress with confidence and flair. In the book collective, we discuss chapter seven of our book club, uh, The War on Cancer from Rebel Bodies by Sarah Graham. Our foodie collective theme for the whole of series six is nice Nice buns. buns. And this month we take you to Sweden for a cream semlor. Find out how we're getting on with our random conversational WI this week. And we give you a titillating new one. And finally, we will have a quote for you for the week. We've had lots of great comments again, Lou, haven't oh, we? Oh, we have. We really have. So Neil messaged us. Wow. Great episode. You two are great as ever. Dr. Aziza was fantastic. So much information and is doing her best to get it out there. Loved her. Just a thought. Preschool songs. Why not sing heads, vulvas, knees and toes, knees and toes. I Mm. love it. And the parents that find it offensive are the very ones that need to get over themselves. Absolutely. Just normalize them them for our future generations. Keep it up, guys. Yeah, I love that song, that version. Yeah. Uh, Claire is singing that now. I'm going to have an earworm. (laughs) Claire of Volvo Cancer Awareness on Instagram also loved this message, (laughs) this episode, sorry, commenting another great podcast. Thank you for the laughs. And especially thanks for the image I now have have of a male mammogram, not. (laughs) Squash sausage. So uh, lots of you loving last week's quote as well. I'm at an age when remembering something straight away is as good as an orgasm. We had so many comments, most of you agreeing it was true. Yeah, indeed. And lots of you also loving our Menno Fashion Week on Instagram with Gail saying, bloody love this, rocking your your rebellion in style. And Mrs. Menno cause commenting, faultless elegance, tres chic. Oh, very tres (laughs) chic. And the lovely Dr. Sarah Ball saying, "Um, whatever you're having, I would like some too, please. And Annie, our fashionista guest today, said, you girls are coming after my styling crown. Bloody love it. Yeah. So if you haven't seen that, go and have a look on our um, Instagram feed of our Lou and I doing a bit of modelling for mm. Menno Fashion Week. Yeah, just <laughs> model, the Model One agency has not been on the phone yet. No, the, the lines must be down, yeah, Lou. must be down yeah. again, yeah. Yeah. And we had lots of people loving Dr. Um, Aziza Sesso. Yes, lots we? of positive People like comments. Rachel putting, uh, sharing, um, sharing it on uh, Instagram and loads of people sharing it so thank you very much for that that information needs to get out there definitely um Lou how's your week been oh yes no it's been okay I've been doing some stargazing this week with the aurora borealis I haven't seen any auroras not down here in Devon um but I don't know if you if you know we've had some really chilly nights haven't we in icy mornings so nice clear skies at night and I do as I've got older I do love a bit of stargazing yeah I was talking to somebody about it who's our age as well, and she said they've started to 
they've got an app on their phone now, so stargazing. But have you noticed when you look up into the night sky, we've got a lovely crescent moon at the moment, but have you seen Venus and Jupiter? the two brightest stars in our sky at the moment and they are super bright um and they're in conjunction so in a line with the moon until march the third and i'm sure you should have found that in your almanac yes i almanac out now is getting it out so as you know venus is the planet of love in astronomy and it's our ruling planet for taurians it is um and jupiter is the biggest planet in our solar system and is the brightest in the night sky it's not actually a star because it's a planet and then that got me thinking you know there's a thing going around that says are we made of stardust yes you know well really we are we all come from the big bang way back many millennials billions ago um it was on oh my goodness the natural history museum that's where it was from i was looking at it and reading it and that it's possible that some of our hydrogen, which makes up roughly 9.5% of our bodies, and lithium, which our bodies contain in a very tiny trace amounts, originated from the Big Bang. It's so amazing, we, we I just love that. So that we're made, we're made of the Big Bang, we're made of stardust. Yeah. Have you, well, a couple of things I'd like to say to that, Lou. Okay. Um, one is... There's a brilliant clip with Brian Cox, you know, the... Uh, oh, yes, very clever science. man. Yes, very, very clever man. Um, but there's a little clip and he says in there, um, he says he, he can't understand it when people say that, you know, this isn't enough, there must be more to life. What, mm. what more can I do? What more can I get? What more things can I have? And he says, you know, you are, when you think about it, you are literally made, like you just said, you are literally made of stars. Yeah. What more could you want? The, the coincidence of what has happened, how we're created, that we've got thought and we can do all these things of humans. And it's such a tiny window in space and time. Yeah. Soon enough, there will be no humans. But we are lucky enough yeah. to be born into this time. And we're made of stars. How cool I is know. that? I know, I just love it. And, lo- and another, another thing, my favourite film, Stardust. Oh, I love it. The book, I prefer the book. The book is brilliant. The book is yeah. brilliant, but the film is absolutely that fantastic. That is great, isn't it? Yeah. So, yeah, so that was that was my week, really. Big, big bangs, Venus, Jupiter, and yes. Stardust. And let us know if you've seen any of the... Um, oh, yeah, and the Aurora... Oh, I can't even speak now. Aurora Borealis. Borealis. So, tell me about your week, gents. Well... First things first, just very quickly, um, if anyone hasn't watched it yet, um, there's a program um, with Chris Packham called Inside Inside Our Autistic Minds. The oh, first yes. one aired on Valentine's Day. There's only two. Um, whether you've got anything to do with it, aut- autism um, or not, everyone needs to watch it. It's really, really beautiful. And um, as you know, I've got two of my children um, have autism and for anyone that can watch it and be less judgmental and see what the gifts these these kids have uh, watch it anyway it's brilliant um other big news I found Go out on. this week do you like ice cream Lou yes but only certain flavors yeah me too I'm a bit fussy when it comes to ice cream but how do you feel about sticky fingers when you're eating it from a cone do you like the sticky fingers no, when it's melting no. well I do not. No, no. Who does? The company behind Ben and Jerry's and Magnum are plotting a revolutionary recipe to stop our favorite dessert melting. 
How? Yeah, well, when it's hot. It's in a bid to stop ice creams from melting at higher temperatures. Um, British consumer giant Unilever are reformulating them. Um, and so it's not just to keep us from melted ice creams. It's actually part of their plan to save energy and slash its carbon footprint oh well that's positive so, i just hope they're not going to chuck a load more chemicals in there well that's the thing isn't yeah. it they, this this guy they have because they haven't re- released yet how they're going to do this new ice cream um and they may have they experts think it might have something to do with adding extra starch um to the mix or cutting its sugar content so neither of those things would be too bad bad. Um, but currently Unilever's ice cream products are stored at 18 degrees celsius but the hope is the new formula will allow them to be stored at 12 um so can it be done without compromising flavor well yeah who knows oh let's find out watch this space mint chop chip will be all right um and because we'll be talking to annie later about the fashion i'd like to ask you another question lou Oh, do you think you are wearing the right size or the correct size bra? Probably not, because I'm now gathering my breasts in my hands. Yeah, there's quite a quite a handful there. Um, I would I would say I had them measured many year many year ago. They look all right. Yeah, they look all right. all right. I bet I probably am not. Well, whilst many of us embraced the no bra life during the pandemic, most of us went back to wearing our old ones when returning back to normal. Um, I I actually took most of my underwear, underwired bras to the charity shop because comfort became more important. Comfort's um, king. And yeah, I'd just gone off underwired bra, underwired bras. So, um, and I've noticed small shops stocking the old no wired yeah much bra. more comfortable they're much more comfortable and they are quite supportive um anyway so i have some bra stats for you um because i don't know whether you've seen but mns have launched um launched this uh, bra fitting campaign love your boobs this is why i started looking into it love your boobs it starts with a bra fit um but according to um bow avenue based on data from over forty one thousand women 19 percent of women are wearing are only 19 percent are wearing the right size bra that doesn't surprise me 26 percent of women wearing the wrong size were wearing a cup size too big oh Mm. if you have a bra they say for over a year it probably doesn't fit you but you know what? It's an expensive thing to change. It is an expensive thing to change. You know, you're looking change. around the 20, 20-ish yeah. pound mark, aren't yeah. you, for a bra? Yeah. Um, so I would say my, mine stay, stay actually, until they break. Yeah. To burst, draw. bust out of them, literally. Bust out of those <laughs> boobies, bust out of them. No, that doesn't get that dramatic in our house. <laughs> Like, I've still um, got my old like wedding. Barbara Windsor when oh, she was doing yeah. her stretches on the Carry On film. I've still got my wedding bra. The bra I have for my wedding, you? it has fallen a bit to bits, but I I'm, I'm just can't chuck it. It's beautiful. I've still got my wedding pants, which I took off halfway. Do you remember I my had wedding, your wedding pants you, on, my t- on the you table? I can't remember why I took them off now, but there was a <laughs> good reason for it. And you took you you had them on the table and everybody bloody signed them. Yeah. Which is quite nice, actually. Yeah. I've still got them with, the, with the, all the signatures on them. <laughs> they were very clean. Yes, they were very clean. Super clean. Uh, where was I? So with 81% of us wearing the wrong size bra, they tell us you should have a bra fitting every 6 to 12 months to ensure that you are wearing the right fit and style for your bust. Around 7,300 people search 
for search Google for bra fitting and bra fitting near me on average every month. Wow, that's a lot. So people are looking for it. But then I think, as I say, it goes down to cost again, especially at the moment. Yeah, it does. So signs, Lou, of a poorly fitting bra. Listen to this. Signs are gaping or overflowing cups. I have a lot of gaping cups. I think I've got a gape. I think I'm... Oh, I'm, co- I'm cosy in here. You're cosy, no. I'm mine gape. I think I think I'm bigger than I am. Oh yeah, no, that looks fine. <laughs> yeah, I'm just looking at her boobs now. They look, they look rather lovely in that bra. Um, straps um, digging in or oh, falling down. Yeah. Digging in. Or a band rising up or digging in. Any of those things, your bra's poorly fitting. So, like I said, Marks and Spencer's have launched this bra fitting campaign. Marks and Spencer's sold a massive. 21 million bras in 2022. Well, they're a good old uh, staple, really, yeah, aren't they? they? Are. And MS, MS yeah. underwear, you know. For all ages. My daughter likes yeah. them as well. So I think they, yeah, for, they my kept girls, up with that. With um, First bras, brasiers yeah. came from there. So yeah, yeah they're, they're great. Yeah, they are. Um, have you ever had a bra fit? So they do like lots of different bra fits. Um, and they, are, they say they're on a mission to change these statistics to get more people to love their boobs and show them a small but important act of self-care by booking a free bra fit now you can you can go um you can do a bra fit online as well anyway have you ever had because you're a bit larger now a bravissimo no i have not um, check well because I, I have other friends that have always been large bosomed ladies not me um so bravissimo is the cheerleader for the big boobed woman um and also they say the correct fitting is important saying our boobs are wonderful 3d things and we all have a unique shape but they don't use a tape measure they say would you measure a pint of milk with a ruler no so, no you wouldn't so this reason they don't use tape measures um they do in mns they do in mns we're we're all so much more than a measurement they say oh, I um, like this company. so yeah so you can go and you know i'm not quite sure how they do it but i know um lots of people that have done it and said there's the best fit in bras well they might cup got. you yeah they probably will cup you um and you can be guided them by phone it says so if you don't want to be cupped <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. We, we probably made up a whole story we probably, now. Probably means something Very completely sorry. different. But- As you know, Lou and I often bring you some podcast fashion news, but is fashion something that is on your radar? Perhaps over the years you have developed your own style or after many lockdowns, have you given up on both fashion and style and go for more of a practical, comfortable look? Maybe you can do both. Perhaps you'd like to be a bit more confident in knowing your look, but have lost your way as you've got older and maybe a little wider. Well, fear not, because our guest today wants to help you with all these fashion quandaries. So today, our guest is the very beautiful Annie Chung. (laughs) So Annie is a Devon-based image consultant with the passion and knowledge for helping women gain confidence and self-belief. With her expertise in colour, style and organisation, she empowers women to believe in themselves put themselves first and dress with confidence and flair so they can be the best and most importantly loved version of themselves annie's motto is every day is your best life dress for it 
Welcome, Annie. Welcome. Hello. Hi. Thank you so much for having me on. That's all right. Good to see you. Yeah, and you too. So, Annie, you're in post-menopause and 56. You love colour. Uh, you can throw together a stylish outfit with ease. We've seen it, haven't we? Luke? With our own eyes. Um, but have, have you always had this interest in fashion and style? No, actually, no, not at all. Um, I think it was hitting the big 4 It's a big milestone yeah. for many of us. Mm-hmm. And I retrained. I started training as a beautician. Um, so I was a dental nurse for many years. And I, I thought, no, I fancy a change. You know, when you get to a milestone, you always, you know, that's when you want to, you know, do something new, discover something new, don't you? Yeah. So I started doing beauty and actually it made me look at myself and think, oh, okay, I might have to, if I'm going to be, you know, portraying and, uh, you know, trying to make people look nicer and what have you, I need to kind of look at the way I dress and the way Mm -hmm. I look. I had never even plucked my eyebrows ever. (laughs) (laughs) When I went to college, they were like, oh, oh gosh, these have never... You know, that's literally how little <laughs> I did. I know I didn't have any particular interest. So I don't know whether it all came together, but I started dressing differently, experimenting. Believe it or not, again, in my 20s and 30s, I only had three pairs of shoes. And so people started to notice me. You know, they would say, oh, you look nice or that's a great color on you. And then we'd start to ask for my advice and say, oh, I need an outfit for a wedding or a christening or whatever it is, a job interview. Could you help me? So people started kind of commenting, which they never had before. We often see you walking your four lovely dogs on the beach in the morning and you're yeah. always dressed beautifully in a myriad of colours. So, you, we you know, we did sort of roughly speak about this, but do you feel it's really important to make an effort in what you wear in all aspects of your life? I think it does. But again, I don't want to come across to say, oh, you need to put a full face of makeup on and you need to be wearing, you know, your designer wear or whatever. It's about just putting, considering your choices of what you put together and just like, as I say, you see me on the dog walk. Now, I might have just a very boring outfit on underneath, but my coat, you know, I I wear, you know, they're practical, but they're also bright and, and a bit of fun. Or I might have a bright beanie on or a bright pair of wellies so you can still be practical and look and look put together and look stylish but for a lot of people it's having the confidence isn't it to wear like a bright a bright colored um, absolutely coat again, or, yeah you know. confidence again I I didn't have that confidence and this is the main thing that women I get daily messages from people saying I just have lost my confidence I don't have the confidence to wear what you wear when they see me out in sequins they go oh I wish I could do that <clears throat> and again I think that comes you know with age but I you have to step out of your comfort zone you know finding your confidence isn't going to just come and knock on the door and go hello I'm here you have to face your fear and it's again it's not about bright colors because I know they're not for everybody but it's just about putting something on that that just makes you feel just a little bit put together and a bit special yeah rather picking up your old joggers off the floor that have got holes in I think in you perhaps hit the nail on the head Annie when you said you know you once you start, it's just starting, isn't it? It's having the confidence yes. to start. And once one person notices, do you think oh, that's yes. the it, key? It is. And then it makes you go, oh, oh, okay. Mm. Baby steps, baby steps. It's not about, you know, going out and changing your whole wardrobe. It can just be, as you say, going to find that one item or even going into your wardrobe and looking for that one item that brings you joy, that you love, and that maybe you never wear enough and bring it out and put it on because it will definitely make you feel better. And it'll make you walk taller 
and people will notice they will notice a difference in you i mean i think at the moment women 50 plus have never been so you know all over the media and in magazines you know we are in our you know we're everywhere in our prime we're absolute prime women you know in years ago 50s it was like oh well you're a bit kind of over the hill now mm. we are literally all over instagram the influencers you know 50 plus yeah you know? we were talking a little bit before we we started recording about um the invisibility aspect of getting older and a lot of people do feel that they're, they're quite stealth like they they are completely invisible um and and so but fashion can really make that difference can't it yes absolutely and, and just look for inspiration around you if you're not sure if you're not sure you know what is my style I get that I don't know what my style is anymore you know look for inspiration it could be it could be the lady you see on the dog walk it could be <laughs> a work colleague it could be you know uh, an inst you know go onto social media look at all the instagrammers you know I I go on there and look for inspiration all the time I pinterest another one go to pinterest and find something, find a, an outfit that you like or somebody that you'd like to emulate. And then that's where to start. I think lockdown mm. had a lot to answer for, didn't it? For um, practice. I mean, I never bought so many practical clothes as oh. I did in lockdown. Oh, I bought my first pair of joggers in yeah. lockdown. <laughs> well, let's talk joggers. I literally have a jogger set for every day. I mean, you're lucky I'm not in joggers because normally I literally... I before the lockdown if someone had said to me you will go out in joggers I'd have been like don't be so ridiculous I would never be seen dead in joggers and now that is literally my staple wardrobe throughout the winter and coming into spring wow. uh, but they have to be matching so that's the difference they're not some old jogger with a hole in it or they're yeah. a bit loose mm -hmm. and they are a nice fitting jogger with a matching top and then I pop a blazer on it or a nice coat or, you know, wear some cool trainers with it and it changes it. But yes, I'm all over the jogger look. Literally. So you I... can be comfortable and stylish. Stylish. Oh, well, yeah. let's talk, let's talk trainers. Now oh, trainers. Oh, I love a trainer. I mean, look at I mean, come look, on. Oh, I can't you know? heel now. If you can't wear trainers to an event, I'm not going. <laughs> I don't want to that's my new motto. Yeah. Look at, um, I think it was Emma Thompson. Now she is amazing. She goes to all these yeah. red carpet events. She wears beautiful suits and trainers. Fantastic. Or she'll yeah. wear a brogue or, you yeah. know what I mean? So trainers are fantastic. They are everywhere. They're, you know, but and they are practical, but they look amazing. They and look you don't amazing. have to spend a fortune either, Annie, do you on trainers? Because no. you can no. get some really quite reasonably, quite priced, reasonably yeah. priced ones absolutely yeah. absolutely I mean you, you know you've got the young who want these you know the kind of the the label ones yeah. but yeah you can buy some dupes and what have you and converse I do my, I do like my converses yeah me too a good mid-range and another icon Miriam Margulies she like I don't know whether she's a fashion icon <laughs> well but yes, she's her own she's got her own style she's my yeah. attitude icon anyway my yeah yeah maybe icon. don't look to for Miriam for fashion advice but maybe life advice absolutely staple items Annie so you are you saying so your joggers are one of your sort of staple items do you think Everybody will have a different staple item it depends on your lifestyle yeah. but yes I mean for instance um good pair of jeans I mean I'm not a big jean wearer I will be honest I, it's not something that I go to but everybody you know most people do like a good pair of jeans and they are one of the hardest things to find mm, a agree. really good fitting pair of jeans that you that will have for years and years and years this is why you need to spend a lot a, a bit more money on a jean 
you know a trench coat is a great way you can dress things I like things that whatever you buy imagine three different occasions you can wear it so for instance okay you know because there's no point just buying that one dress that you're going you go into a christening and you buy that one dress and then it just sits there and you think okay get that dress out and then maybe dress it right down with a trainer or a high top or put a jumper over it so it makes it look like a skirt so you have to think that everything that you buy it needs to work well because then you get more value um you know for your money as well so every yes it's staples so i think a good blazer a nice coat you know white shirts you can't beat a nice crisp white shirt good knitwear you know you know but it'll depend on what your lifestyle is really what your staples are I had a lady who came to she had her colors and everything done with me and she used to be a head teacher and she'd retired and she said my wardrobe is full of head teacher clothes she goes I I don't want to wear you know I don't want to wear it you know a suit or anything so we literally got rid of most of her wardrobe and we started again and it was more for her leisure you know for her new retired life whatever you buy think of ways of trying to make it look you know dressy or casual I mean you specialize in color Annie and and we know it's quite individual but are there some basic rules that you can impart for finding the best colors that will suit us Yes, I mean, if I'll start off by saying that, you know, the only real way of knowing the fail safe way of knowing your colours is to obviously go and see an expert, a colour consultant. And and yeah, and Lou is holding up her colour palette as we they, speak. They travel in my purse with me. Do they? They're when I went to see Annie and I've got them all. And when I go and buy something new, which is very rare these days, out they come. So uh, what do you look at, Annie, when you're doing somebody's colours? What do you, how do so you you're determine? Looking, you're looking at skin tone. That's the first thing you're looking at. So colours come, you have with a warm base or a cool base. So basically the first thing that you can, and you can do this yourself at home now, you can look at your skin tone and see, does it have a kind of a, so if you were a cool skin, you would have a rosy undertone. And if you turn over your wrist, the veins on your, on your wrist, they would look quite blue. Oh, look at me. I mean, I'm, I'm practically, you know, yeah, blue there. So cool skins, they have a rosy undertone to their skin. Their veins appear blue. They they might uh, not tan that easily. They might burn a bit. Um, but then warm skin, they have kind of an apricotty, yellowy tone to their skin. I don't really like saying yellowy because that makes people think that they're jaundiced. And their veins appear quite greeny. So basically, if you were cool skinned, then you would be looking at... Uh, clothes that have a blue undertone so you're kind of looking at your navies and pastels are in there um, and then your warm tones they have a kind of a, a gold undertone so you're looking at your greens like for instance a cool green would be a bright emerald a warm green would be a khaki that Lou has got on there we are mm-hmm. um, you know a pink a bright uh, fuchsia pink that's a cold color it looks quite blue but a warm pink is like a salmony pink so basically there that's what you're looking at mm-hmm. and also the colors that you wear they should really make your eye color pop as well and i think when, when you did my colors which was many many years ago annie when amazing when you put the swatches around how your skin tone actually changed and your eye like you say your eyes pop yeah with certain colors and other times it looked like i should have been in the morgue well, ex- well exactly basically what the wrong color that basically takes away your background color and highlights so if you've got any fine lines dark circles anything on your face when you put the wrong color against it it literally brings those to the forefront 
the right color, they blend back in. And that's how you know when you're wearing, have you put on something that before and you've kind of looked in the mirror and thought, oh God, I need a bit more blusher or I need some bit of bronzer on my face. It's probably because it's draining the life out of you because it's the wrong tone. So are you saying if you're cool skinned, you wear cool colors? Or you're yeah. saying you wear the opposite? Okay. No, no, no. You wear cool colours. So basically, kind of, uh, you know, any colour that has a blue, a blue appearance to it. Yeah. So like a a, a bluey grey. Whereas yeah. your warm skins, they're like your mustards and kind of a lot, and obviously lots more of the greens, the khakis, the browns, the kind of the warm reds and things like that. Yeah. Corals, they're, they're warm. But yeah, you don't when you go shopping, especially if you don't particularly like shopping. Um, you can literally walk into any shop and scan, scan around and go, right, well, that's all not, not my colour. Oh, there it is. It's it's about four or five key colours, but they all gel well together. Yeah. So, And that's what you're trying to build in your wardrobe. Colours that all go together so that literally in the morning you could just pick any top, any bottom and you know you could put it together. Saves yeah. time, saves money. And you, you touched on something there about body shape, because I think that for a lot of women, yeah. uh, a lot of people our age, um, that's where we the confidence has gone, isn't mm. it? If the body shape has changed, something that we used to wear that yeah. we just can't anymore. Yeah. Um, and are, are, there, are there particular items or specific things that are better for certain body shapes or would you just say if you love it wear it? no no I mean I I think if you love an item yes I'd say wear it but but it's got to work with your body shape because again you know yes we often end up with wider hips or a bit more of a middle and what have you you know when you get to our age so no definitely there are there are certain ways the, the key in dressing is to they say the hourglass figure is the figure that everybody we're trying to emulate. That's what we're like. So you've got your shoulders and your uh, hips are um, even width. And then you've got a tiny little waist. So, for instance, I'm a pear shape. So I have the hips and I have the small waist, but I don't have the width up here. So mm -hmm. I'm bigger on my bottom. So I basically um, dressed to broaden my top. So it then creates the hourglass if you are a rectangle, someone very straight up and down, you need to then, you know, kind of um, give the emphasis yeah. of curve. So wear a belt or wear kind of boat necks or even shoulder pads again to create the shoulders going in at the waist and then maybe wear an A-line on the bottom. Um, if you're an apple shape where you carry the weight around the middle. Now they are, I would say that, you know, that can be quite tricky. They, they have amazing legs. It's about mm. focusing on the area that you do like and disguising the area that you don't. Now, apples, they might carry their weight around the middle, but their legs, I have envy of their ankles because, <laughs> you know, it just, I think, emphasise what you've got, yeah. what, you, what you love about yourself. We, we, we grew up, didn't we, with Trini and Susanna? You know, they, uh, they, yeah. they were the queens yeah. at the time, weren't they? Yeah. And they always said, never wear a pink and an orange together or a black and navy. And don't wear, never wear horizontal stripes. So is that advice that we followed for years? Is that all outdated now? Yeah, I don't really know who told them that. They must have <laughs> made a fortune got, on it, though. Got, I know they have. I, I might just come up with a random rule and see if I can make a fortune of yeah. it. No, I mean, there are, I don't think there are any rules anymore. I think it's, it's, um, regarding black and navy no it, i mean i personally wouldn't put i don't put black and navy together but then black is not in in my uh 
house. <laughs> um, but I think it actually does look very stylish together. And you look at a lot of men's suits or dinner jackets, they have black and navy on it. So actually, no, that's forget that. That can look lovely. Um, horizontal stripes, again, people say, oh, they make you look wider depending on the stripe. Yes, if you've got quite a broad stripe, that can widen you. Um, so a thinner stripe, what I would tend to say, for instance, if you wore a, to a striped top, then wear a jacket over the top of it. So all you're doing is seeing the stripes down the middle, but the block colour is slimming you down. So that's another way of kind of layering mm -hmm. over your stripe. Mm -hmm. But again, so probably a thinner stripe if you want to wear. So everyone loves a Breton stripe. I mean, how, you know, we must have, you know, at least two of those in our wardrobe. I've got half um, a Breton stripe on. I know, today. and I'm you're loving, well, Breton. this is... I'm loving the, uh, the 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 print clash. Yeah, so Jinty has florals and stripes on. I love that. I think print clashing is amazing. Um, and also, and pink and orange. I think the reason that they potentially might have said don't wear that is because on the colour wheel, which what uh, stylists use, is it's it's very it's near to it. And maybe they thought, but actually, with using a colour wheel, you either use opposites, like for instance, yellow is opposite to purple. But if you think lilac and lemon and look beautiful together mm. and they are opposite on the wheel but equally um you've got red red and pink right next door to each other and they're one that's one of my favorite color combinations yeah. Yeah, so i'd say too. forget all of those and just chuck it out it. the window chuck, chuck it, it in the bin i don't think there are any rules i really think that we're making up our own rules having your colors done is the first step in finding who you are and where your style's going to go because it, it just, it makes it so much easier when you go around the shops, because otherwise you're just literally like, oh my goodness, I don't know what to do. It's overwhelming, well, isn't look, it? It is overwhelming. Mm. Whereas if they know that there's only a few little colours that actually but will make them look amazing, then they can go and try them and then see if it suits their body shape. But ask ask the shop assistants. They are the ones with all the knowledge. And so talking of, talking of shops, Annie, um, you're going to put together some stylish examples for us in a minute, but it, which shops, because again, as we get older with the shops that we used to shop in, we, we might think, oh, I can't go in there anymore. But, but, but quite often we can, can't we? It doesn't really matter. Oh, yeah. 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 Absolutely. I mean, people would, you know, when Topshop was around, people would sell their Topshops for, you know, 18 years. Oh. But they would have some amazing staples. You know, I, again, I think we're very, you know, when you see um, on Instagram, sometimes you see the places like M&S and they always, you know, associate our age with going to M&S. No, well, actually, any age can go to M&S. It's not just for 50 pluses. So, no, go into any shop, H&M, wherever it is, Zara, go oh, in and have a look. Mm. You know, go and have a look. It's. It, I don't think there's any such thing as age appropriate clothing or age appropriate um, um, shops. I mean, I'm a big fan of the high street. I, you know, I, I'm sad to see so many shops leaving the high yeah. street. Um, you know, for me, it's a joy to go. To, you know, I like to touch the clothes and to try them on and feel them and get the whole atmosphere. So, um, you know, I will always champion the high street. But equally, I know there are a lot of people who will use the, the vintage and the Ebays and the Depops and are great. That's fantastic as well. And the charity shops as well. You can find oh, yeah. some great yeah. finds in charity shops, can't you? Some yeah. more treasures. It's amazing. I think the vintage and the slow fashion is really important. And especially, you know, going through the crisis yeah. that we're in at the moment. And that's where your staple items come mm. in as well, isn't it? I suppose if you've got these yes. good items, you can just then go and buy something from vintage or from, you know, a vintage shop. 
yeah no absolutely definitely and and be able to pull you should have you know less less items in your wardrobe but be able to literally make so many different outfits as i'm as i'm going to show you in a minute yeah let's well let's get we do that that. right well i'm gonna have to stand up now so obviously uh my colors are very much pastels pinks pale blues and lilacs so this is all going to be quite similar colors but it just shows you how that by having all the right color in your wardrobe how how i can interchange and make so many different outfits out of a very few key pieces Mm. so first up we've just got a normal pair of jeans oh excuse me that's falling down so just your normal relaxed skinny pair of jeans. I do like next for jeans. I find that they fit me quite nicely. So and good they've got, short, they got short leg, short leg and long leg as well, haven't they? Yeah. In next short leg, really yeah. Important. And I think that they are actually <laughs> or they trial doing in between sizes. So like doing a yes, size eleven, yes. which is I wish more shops would do because that's because often we are a bit in between. Yes. So good pair of jeans, and then here's the Breton. Now, as I was saying about earlier about your stripes. So nice. a good stripy top, but I've put it on with a blazer, a lilac blazer. Nice. Pop that on with the jeans. And that's one look. And actually, it's quite a smart look, isn't it? You can very see, nice. Yeah. Well, you can either put it on with a chunky boot. Yeah. You can wear it to chunky boots. I'm all about those. Or you can then put it on with a trainer in a coordinating colour. So we have here pink and red. A pink and red trainer. Okay, pink and red trainer. So again, with some jeans. Lovely. So then... You pop the jeans there. So again, swapping the blazer and the striped top, I could then bring a shacket in. So here we have a lilac checked shacket. And then I've just popped a sweatshirt. Again, in the same colours. I'm very, I'm really keen on tonal dressing. So basically finding one colour and wearing all, you know, kind of different tones of it. Again, it looks a very stylish put together way. So again, you could pop that with your jeans. So there you go, have another outfit there and then wear it with a pair of high tops. Showing us a nice pair of high nice. top, white high top trainers. White there. tops with nice. white and grey. No, they have got lilac in. So oh, all sorry. of this is lilac, lilac and pink based because these are right. my, my best colours. So then that's what, and then, okay. So then we're bringing over some wide leg trousers. Now I love a wide leg trouser as a pear shaped lady. Wide leg trousers are my best friend. So there we have the wide leg trouser. Now you could, it's not quite the same color, but it goes. You see what I mean about tonal dressing? It's from the same color palette. You could put that together with the with the stripy top and that makes a, a, quite a and smart outfit. Yeah. But again, mm-hmm. pop it on with a trainer and you eventually, and you dress it down. You could then put the stripe, uh, the, the jacket. Yeah, and then next up, Right, joggers, a jogger set. We had to bring a jogger set into the yeah. studio. So a grey jogger set, pale grey jogger set, and I've popped it on with a varsity baseball jacket. Lovely. That's really See, nice. A, pink. a great look, but equally, that jogger set would look really nice with the blazer. Yeah. Pop the blazer on and you kind of elevate it, elevate the look and make it look a bit smarter. Yeah, you go from couch potato to, you know, quite stylish, yeah, don't you? you? Do. Yeah, I mean, I love, I love, and you'll see in a minute, I'll bring that. I love a jogger set with a really nice long wool coat. I just oh think, God, it again, yeah. it just looks really smart. So yeah. that's your jogger set there. But again, you can mix and match. I mean, I could put the joggers with the shacket. It all goes. The jogger, it literally all goes together. I can make so many different outfits out of these few key pieces. 
And any of those shoes, boots or trainers would go shoes, with any of those outfits. Exactly. I mean, we even have, if you want a bit of fun, I do like a bit of, a, bit of a slider. Oh, a slider. slider. Lovely, a furry slider, mule type affair. So again, Lovely. when we get the warmer weather, we yeah. can wear those with, with any of that, any of yeah. those outfits, yeah. they will go. And here we have the coat. Oh, that's nice. That again. So that's a lilac check. A lilac check coat that literally goes with every single piece. Every you could I can wear that with everything. I can mix and match. And, it's, and, and you're right, it's just a few staples, isn't it? A, a few, few staples, staples that you can actually mix in with anything. And, and a colour you would normally choose, a lilac. If, if you were just popping down to the post office in town and you had your your maybe your crappy joggers on, maybe with a food stain down the front, Ooh. and you didn't have much Ooh. time. Oh, I know. No, but bear with on. me. Bear with Ooh. me. That coat, if you didn't have much time, yes. you could even just yes. stick on that coat yes. with a bit of lippy. Absolutely. Well, and you look, a, and people will be going, oh, there's a stylish lady who looks all, she's obviously got her life in order. She knows what's what. And they don't when know they you've don't... got your muesli down your legs. Exactly. And that you were crying. <laughs> or stuck in your throat. Oh, yeah, exactly. I did earlier. <laughs> yeah. um, just another way, another thing you can put in, we've got white skinny jeans here. Um, and we've got a bit of a knitwear again with the pink, but again, you can put mix and match every yeah. single item All goes together. So how many items have we got there? We've got one, two, three, four, five, six, got 10 items, 10 items. And I can make numerous outfits oh, and probably, even put yeah. a heel, even put a heel with them. If you really yeah. want to really elevate it, we can put a heel on it. Literally, there are so many different ways of wearing these clothes and for 10 10 items in my wardrobe. Yeah, that is amazing. And that would, like you say, it would save you money, actually, wouldn't it? Oh, gosh, yes, it would. Save, the, save all the wasting of money. And, and you know what I do? I open my wardrobe door and I just stand there looking I know. for days. What am I going to wear? <laughs> she gets lost. She's like Narnia in your wardrobe. She gets lost. <laughs> you see the ice, the, the ice princess come out of your wardrobe. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, exactly. I mean, what, what's that great old saying? We wear 20% um, of our wardrobe 80% of the time. Yeah. You know, yeah, and I, that's I, true. And I know, and even I know, I have too many, too many clothes. I mean, how many outfits can you, you know, wear at one time? Mm. It's, mm. it's crazy. Oh, but, um, but there you go. So your yeah, state, but your staples will depend on, on, on your lifestyle. I mean, my lifestyle is predominantly at home, casual. But again, I do have to go out and do meetings and things, and obviously see clients. So I can mm. elevate it to however I want it. And I suppose what I'm getting as well from all that is don't keep anything for best like we oh, used to in the old oh. days. Every day is your best day. So wear it. did a challenge where I wore sequins every day for a week because, you know, we, we bring the sequins out at Christmas. Why? They light your face. You know, if you're a cool skin, then silver sequins look amazing. If you're warm skin, then champagne colour sequins. They literally, it's like a highlighter. I mean, Trini, she talks about sequins all the time, about how they lift your complexion. Brilliant. But yeah, don't save anything because what's the point? It's just sitting there. Well, you may as well get rid of it. You yeah. know, just have less in your wardrobe, but wear it regularly yeah. than just have the odd thing that you, you know. And, that and it can actually make you quite depressed, can't it? Because you can have things in your wardrobe that you, you look, every time you look at you think, oh I, I spent a lot of money on that I still haven't worn it or you don't fit yes. in it or so it, mm. it can actually yeah. bring you down yes. can't yeah. it? it's detrimental but everything in your wardrobe should fit you now see again I, I go and do wardrobe 
um, edits with people and and they they have sizes from a 10 to a 20 sometimes literally you know they've they've fluctuated the yo-yo dieting and stuff and I've you know and I'm like no we you know what weight are you now what size are you now we only have things in your wardrobe that fit you now you know I know and I hear oh well I, I'm going to slim into it I'm going to slim into it that's great and I and again I never talk about weight it's not about how much you weigh or everything you can look amazing whatever size you are it's wear something that, that fits you now because by the time that potentially you might have slimmed back into it chances are that it's probably not in fashion mm. or you won't even like it because mm. let's be honest when we've all lost weight we've all we all go out and buy buy some new things as a bit of a you know consolation yeah. prize yeah so I'm like don't keep those items in a lot of people have sentimental items you know like oh they wore it at their daughter's christening or whatever I'm saying I let people have a couple of sentimental items but I take them out and I pack them away pack them yeah. away nicely and put them under the bed or put them in you know somewhere else you don't need them in your wardrobe yeah I only have things in your wardrobe that bring you joy that fit you that are the right shape for you and are the right color for you Simple, good advice. Very simple. And talking of colour, Annie, I set you a bit of a mission this week. Oh, I? yes. Yeah, yeah. As I am, as we've spoken about before, and most people know, I'm a very bright lipstick person. Yes, have you been are. all my life. Uh, well, probably not when I was two. I don't think, but, um, <laughs> well, you probably had a go. You probably I, did. I probably did, did have on, a go. didn't you? you probably I think did that's where go. my love of lipstick came from. Yeah. Actually, you know, I had old aunties that their lipstick really used to smell weird. But really strong. Anyway, that's uh, another subject. Anyway. <laughs> um, so I set you a mission because I've noticed because my lips have got a little bit thinner as I'm getting older. Mm. And some of my lipsticks just weren't doing it for me. I think especially in the winter when you're a little bit paler. Um, so I set you a mission to find me a new color, which obviously you said is very difficult because you don't know my colors. Yes. Um, yes. But you also spoke about um, the the sort of the matte lipsticks as opposed to um, the glossier lipsticks and how that can change your um, make your lips look a little bit less thin. Um, so can you talk us through that? And then I shall tell you which ones I invested in. Yes. So, um, so obviously for me to find you a lipstick without you being there is very tricky. Um, so I kind of explained to you about being, to find out whether you're cool or warm skinned. Now, if you like, you are a bright lipstick person. Now I would say, you know, you don't want to lose sight of that. We don't want to just start seeing you in a nude because that's not going to be who you are, mm. but you probably just need to take it down a notch because obviously the brighter your lipstick is, the more it highlights your lips and everything around your lips. And we all get little lines and what have you around our lips and they do get smaller in time. So, I mean, the matte lipsticks, I've always been a bit anti those because they're very drying, but they are, but they do make your lips appear bigger. If you've got too much gloss on your lip, it can just highlight the fact that you that your lips are smaller but there are there were a couple of brands um that i mentioned um avon being one of them that has hyaluronic acid in their matte lipstick which i thought was brilliant um so and again about lining your lip using mm. um a lip liner but lining slightly underneath your lip line and, and going from the outside in as opposed to the top going down to the side because actually you kind of slightly take it above your lip line again giving the appearance of a fuller lip mm. um and so yeah so I, I i just think and hydrate your lips exfoliate them all of those types of things 
Yeah, we tend to forget that, don't we? We you look after your our face, skin, yeah. your face, but you tend to forget. Oh, uh, forget yeah, no, absolutely. No, yeah. absolutely. Yeah, no, you need to. Uh, I think if you are going to be wearing a more of a matte lipstick, then you do need to make sure that your lips are nicely yeah. hydrated. Yeah, definitely. Um, because also that part of the mission was it had to be vegan for, for me. Yes. Um, and so. And yeah, that's you... actually there were many out there that, you Good. know, it's amazing to see that, you know, that I only gave you literally a, a couple or two or three brands but there were very there were many obviously um some some I'd not heard of but no it's it's becoming you know to the forefront which is yeah, great good yeah why what and why not and so yeah. I went for in the end because you recommended if you're going to go for a nude go for like your own sort of color but a little bit but just slightly slightly darker yeah, yeah or slightly so a bit more whatever I your wanted to try lip. a nude even though so I've got a nude on today you can't see it if you're listening but you can't really yeah, see it. Yeah, no, right? looks no, I nice. can see it. And it looks yeah. very nice. It's a soft sort of pinky it, nude, it isn't is. it? It's the first nude that I've actually put on and, and liked. So that would yeah. be quite nice for when I'm not in a bright lipstick uh, colour. And this one is from uh, Tropic. And what why I decided on these, A, because I like the colours, and B, because you can do, you can refill. So, yeah. you know, you yes, can, that's, yeah, they're quite um, environmentally eco-friendly eco as well. Yeah. And yes. I've got the lip liner to go with it, which is lovely. Lip liners are really good. To, and yeah. also, as I said, to slightly over overline, you know, go underneath your lip line, but also yeah. put some lip liner onto your lipstick, onto your lips, yeah. and that will help the lipstick adhere and last longer. Oh, very good. And the other one I absolutely love is called Watermelon. <laughs> really good tip to know whether you are wearing the right shade especially if it's a very, very bright shade, if you put on, like for instance, with um, a red, so a lot of people love a red lip. Now you can get uh, reds that have got predominantly a lot of orange base, so they're warm reds, and then you have your cool reds and they almost look a bit bluey. And also, so when it, whenever you do put a bright lipstick on, um, the right shade for you is an instant tooth whitener. Literally will make you look like you just come and had a full set of veneers. Whereas the wrong, the wrong colour will make your teeth look really discoloured and just, and, and yeah, a bit dull. So that's okay. another little tip there. If you are a bright lipstick wearer, have a little look at your teeth colour. We'll all be going into boots with a mirror and doing this, like Wallace yeah. and Gromit. <laughs> can people find you, Annie? Where can oh, they uh, find me? Yeah, on uh, the, the website how can they get in how touch? How can they get in touch? Yes, how can they get in touch? So they can get in touch with me on Facebook and Instagram. So Facebook, I'm Annie Chung Image Consultant. Just type that in and I will come up. And then on Instagram, my handle is My Life in Lipstick. Yes, you can send me messages or see go through and have a scroll through and see outfits and see people's colors that I've done and it will explain all about what I do and if you want to know any more then um, drop me a line I'd love to hear from you well your little your videos and clips are really good I learned I only just had a quick look through the other day and I used I've got used one of your tips today on said oh. on said jumper it's a little bit long for me because I'm only very I know I'm uh, so yeah. at five yes. one it's a little bit long so I got the little hang on a minute I'm gonna stand let me, up let me hold oh, on oh, hold on to me the mic. mic so I got the belt. belt and I yes. zhuzhed it up yes I didn't even notice that exactly you see that was one yes. of Annie's little things she and did it means that you're it means that you're not having to tuck it into your to, into whatever you're wearing then make adds bolt whereas pop a little belt on pull it over and it gives the perfect length yeah. pop. 
Yeah. Love it. Oh, brilliant. Well, I'm glad that you've um, done that. Yes. Yeah, yeah, so go see. ahead and have a look at Annie's thing. You'll, you never know yeah, what you'll, you'll learn lots. Get. Yeah. You'll learn lots. Yes, absolutely. Yes. You'll never know what I'm going to come up with next. <laughs> no, and we love that. Annie, thank you so much. Thank thank you. No, you're education. very Oh, it's been lovely. Thank you so much. We'll nice see, see you again girls. soon, Annie. See you on the beach. Yeah. Yes. See you soon. So our book for series six is Rebel Bodies, A Guide to the Gender Health Gap Revolution by Sarah Graham. And this week we are on chapter seven. The war on cancer, gendering the C word. How did you get on, Jinty? It's quite an interesting, varies quite a lot from the beginning part of the, yeah, uh, the chapters, I agree. doesn't it? It's a I bit agree. of a bit of a plot twist change here we yeah, move on to. A lot of statistics in this yes, one as well. Yeah, there are. And she begins with um, giving us some statistics about the differences in funding, doesn't she? Um, so you've got like the big four, um, as they're called, the big four cancers, um, which is breast cancer, um, lung cancer, bowel cancer, and prostate cancer. Um, and, and then she looks at with breast cancer research receiving almost 52 million pounds, huge. huge, in 2019 slash 20, while rarer cancers like vulval and vagina cancers struggle with 180 thousand that's nothing is it nothing at all I suppose you've got the big you've had this big marketing not, haven't you yeah but you know cancer. yeah and 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 vulvas and vaginas aren't as sexy as boobs no you know it's what's going to appeal to the public isn't it really well, she as well. talks about in here somewhere Lou doesn't she how there's this big appeal when Kylie had Kylie oh, Minogue Kylie's had breast boobs. cancer and about so, save Kylie's save boobs Kylie. I mean Kylie's sexualization more, again Kylie's a little bit more than her boobs exactly she makes a nice wine as well <laughs> And a perfume, apparently. <laughs> you know, um, it's, it's yeah. But there we go. It's back to the old. You I know. suppose if it raises the money and awareness, yeah, you could say it's all good. But it's sexualization yeah. again, isn't Agreed. it? Um, and how, however, Sarah says forty-seven percent of the cancers that people are diagnosed with, um, and fifty-five percent of the cancers that people die from are rare cancers. So actually, yeah. more people die from a rare cancer than one of the big four. It's just because collectively the rare rare cancer gets less awareness, so it gets and, hence less and money, so much less funding, doesn't it? Yeah, and we also and she also talks about cervical screening. Yes, which is really interesting as well, which we talked about last week. Yeah, we um, did uh, quite a lot. If you want to know any more about the cervical um, screening, listen to last week's podcast. Yeah. with Dr. Sesso. I mean, we, we, she talks about the, the Jay Goody effect as well, doesn't yes. she? That but obviously there was bigger uptake. Um, yes, because Jade Goodian, if you don't know, she um, there was several several missed opportunities oh, yeah. for her for her cervical cancer to be picked up, and unfortunately, she died at age twenty seven, didn't she? Yeah, cervical she did. Cancer. She did. So, but but now it's uh, in twenty eighteen. Cervical screening uptake had reached a twenty one year low, with only one in four of those who were invited opting out. Mm. Uh, you know, I've spoken about it before. Yeah, I never know why you'd opt out, but 
everyone has a reason. Well, and doc, yeah, and Dr. Sesse talks about it last week, mm. doesn't she? And there's there's so many barriers as yeah. well. You know, you've got trauma. Some people have had sexual abuse trauma. Yeah. Um, and there's also what I found really interesting. One of the reasons um, we're talking about trans people um, because, and Dr. Sesse mentioned it, Sarah mentions it in, in the book. If you're down on the NHS as a male, but you act, you have gynecological gender organs, yeah. you will not be told to come and have a smear and even there's some people in here hasn't it even they've gone to the doctor and said yes. oh, I need a I need a cervical screen screening they said well you're down as male the complications oh, are huge it is massive and um Sarah talks again about the father of modern gynecology doesn't she yes. uh, old sims simsy boy the experimentation on on the um, enslaved women mm. for the speculum so, I mean, we've covered that as well, but it's it's so interesting going back over it again. It is. And what I quite liked, which I didn't realise, Lou, Sarah tells us about the self, they're piloting in the UK, yes. the self-taken cervical screening. Which would be amazing, um, Which has it? been successfully used in Australia, Denmark and the Netherlands for years. Why have we Why? not heard what? about oh, this before? Well, you take we a swab yourself. I mean, Late to the party. Yeah, Exactly. Um, and we, um, and obviously it was so lovely in here and really when I was reading it last night it did make me smile our lovely Claire as mentioned yes Claire Baumhauer yeah. Global Cancer Awareness yeah, yeah so it was really nice I mean we know her story we've interviewed her but it was really lovely seeing that you know she's actually in print and her story's yeah. got out to a, a hopefully a wider audience as yes. well yes because she got um the vulval cancer through uh, lichen sclerosis, sclerosis which was yeah. un undiagnosed uh, for years from when she was, was she nine nine yeah nine like yeah nine, we're in her yeah. teens yeah very young um and she also talks or sarah also talks about this uh Davina, Dafina malofsky whose G gp thought she was a hypochondriac <sighs> And actually, um, they found, a f eventually, they found a 14-centimeter yeah. tumor in her uterus. And she discusses the difficulties, um, that, you know, with that. I mean, imagine if they'd have caught that, you know, at two centimeters. Yes. You know, there's so many opportunities that, yeah. that were missed there. What I found, I don't know anyone that's had a hysteroscopy. Do you? I haven't really. I know it's very common. I had one. Did you? Yeah. I say I don't know. I do know somebody. <laughs> you do. You're sat, sat opposite When did her. you have one? I had that when they were trying to take my um, coil. Why are you talking like I was just trying to re re remember when. It was just how I talk when I'm trying to delve back into my thought process. <laughs> deep, deep, deep into that cave. Deep into that big, <laughs> voluminous cave in my head. Um, when I was having a uh, marina coil removed and fitted, um, Yes, so I had that done at the Women's Hospital in Exeter. And, and did they give you any pain relief? I was injected, and I'm sure it was in, I, I was injected internally, and I'm sure it was with adrenaline because my legs would not stop moving in stirrups. Oh, but it, did it stop the pain, or did, could you feel no, it? No, that was only done to actually open up. Oh, well, I see. Nothing more. to do Nothing with to do with pain. pain. Oh, no, I had two paracetamol before I went in. Well, this is what they advise, oh. isn't it? It's ridiculous. So, and it was, it, you know, it wasn't pleasant. Yeah, there's mixed. D d and I didn't know I was going to have it done. No. Oh, didn't you? No, 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 no. Well, how did you know then? Did they tell you afterwards that's what they'd done? No, they, 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 as, they, as he doing was doing it, it oh. he was telling me. And I just thought, oh. Did he not give you a choice? No, not really. But you, you, you're lying there. You're in a vulnerable position. Very vulnerable. Um, yeah. And, and actually, on one hand, it was 
quite good because they could have a really good look into into my yeah. uterus and find out what was going on. Nothing yeah. was going on. He said it looked very tired in there. <laughs> not surprised if my, if my legs weren't twitching. I think I would have kicked him. <laughs> You should have, yeah, just kick. Oh, sorry, it's sorry. sorry, it's that adrenaline. But yeah, I don't know. Right I, in I, the bollio, lads. Yeah, as she talks about with Tafina, I had um, a nurse holding my hand. You know, yes, this seems holding to be the my thing hand, you do. chatting to me. It's all yeah. right, my dear. You're doing really well. I mean, that doesn't take the pain away. And in fact, they don't it, do that with men, do they? So no. they they go on. They talk about this this Jocelyn Lewis, um, and she founded the campaign against painful histor hysteroscopies um, in 2014, and she described it as the most painful moment in her life. Yeah, I, that's I, why she I, started this group. Yeah, um, and it's similar to a colonoscopy for bowel issues, yeah, you, where you're routinely offered a choice of pain relief. But of course, men have that too, don't yeah, they? They don't they just do, get a yeah. nurse going, it's all right. It's all right, dear. They're yeah. there. Yeah. They're there. You can have a nice cup of tea in a minute. Yeah. And as you exactly as you said, Sarah says here, um, Lou, standard advice for a hysteroscopy is paracetamol mm. beforehand. But you, so you mean, take your paracetamol beforehand yeah. and then you kept waiting and yeah. waiting and waiting. So by the time you've got in there. Doesn't work anyway. Doesn't work anyway. anyway. No. Yeah. Oh, that's interesting. I've learned that today. Yeah, there we wow. go. Um, she also, Sarah, brings us our, our attention to the side effects of this LLETZ procedure, large loop excision of the transformative zone for removing precancerous cervical cells I know quite a few people have had that done actually but I didn't know there was we won't go into it now but if you read the book there's a lot of side effects and yes we are not told surprised beforehand. at the side effects actually yeah. and can I, imagine, I wouldn't know can you imagine if that was a man oh, and they were don't. told beforehand that it could affect their sexual um, their libido, their libido, or their yeah. sexual performance. Yeah, well, they wouldn't have it done. Everything. I mean, absolutely ridiculous. So, yeah, we won't go into all the side effects, but it has affected quite a lot of women, and it affects their sex life in in quite a, not, you know, can be not quite very a traumatic nice way. way yeah, can't it yeah, as well. it can. We also read about the huge inequity when men have uh, fertility damage cancer treatments. They are automatically referred <laughs> to a, to sperm banking. Yeah. For women, not so much. Freezing no. eggs is not an automatic process. In fact, which I was surprised at because I, I thought was. it was an automatic process. Yeah, as I, you're led I, to I believe on the TV yeah. when you watch all the uh, yeah casualties and stuff yeah exactly they make out that that will automatically happen well it doesn't because it takes a bit longer than the sperm banking um but yeah then she gives this brilliant cancer toolkit as always she's got oh, this at the yeah. end uh, page 163 yeah. um and basically you know you get things like uh, knowledge is power know your normal identify which cancers are relevant to you check your breasts know your menstrual cycle check vagina and vulva um, anything that's unusual for you like for example bleeding between periods or after sex lumps bumps sore skin um, and then she also there's loads of signposting yeah loads there? of resources as well that you can go to and uh, so next week we will be reading chapter eight baby blues 
perinatal care and the price of motherhood looking forward to that one I'm looking forward to that one Lou and 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 just thinking ahead looking at that one I'm going to go back and have some thoughts about uh, my own kind of labor and things because actually things that we just thought were just normal actually oh, looking back stories. now here we go so we might just have a whole we might have a <laughs> it might just be me it might just be me my birth stories pretty horrific <laughs> oh, I'm laughing you know that's what we do isn't it <laughs> yes it was oh, horrific yes it was horrific two paracetamol <laughs> it's crazy isn't it fucking ridiculous yes, I know this is why women are absolutely amazing and never cease to um, astound us Next, we have our foodie and all this series, we have got our new feature, Nice Buns. Nice buns, nice buns, here's my nice buns, so good you could eat me up. So this month, we both made our bun of the month, which was rhubarb and cardamom cream sem semlor how did you get on Lou? oh they were absolutely well there's none left yeah they're good absolutely they? gorgeous did your husband like them oh he yeah he's taking loads of them to work that's why i've got none left but the rhubarb because the, at the moment the rhubarb because it's forced rhubarb it's so sweet it's really beautiful sweet. i put a little bit too much sugar in mine i think it's mm. ridiculously sweet oh was it so no I, I did good. follow the instruction yeah. this time yeah i thought that i Just thought those and how easy were they really easy really really easy and and really tasty i was saying they'd be really lovely if you've got like a family do and you want a bit of fresh yes. bit of fresh cooking oh yeah love because they are better fresh we're going to try a bit today of my vegan versions but they, they are a bit dry a few days later um but you tuck into that lou and i'll just so these are um they're from sweden um and they're eaten on fat tuesday which is uh, their version of shrove tuesday uh, pancake day um and the idea is to have a festival of dairy and sugar before the priver priver it's easy for you to say. Yeah, before you before the weeks ahead of Lent, basically. <laughs> um, so yeah, quite like Fat Tuesday. Yeah, me too. Though you can't say that now after the Roll Doll books. Oh no, not really. No, but they've they've had a U turn on the Roll Doll books, mm. haven't they? Anyway, different subject. Um, they are also eaten in Finland, um, and I learned something here because I thought it was cardamom, as in finishing in an A, an N, N for Neil. Mom. But it's mom. Well, me and my husband, you know, me and my husband had words about that when I was trying to spell it because I thought, and he went, it's an M. Yeah, I thought it was an N. Maybe it's both. Maybe you no. can do both. But it's I've only seen it now. I'm looking. It's called a mom. mom. Yes. Yeah, so fascinating mm. stuff. Um, but they were super tasty. But they and in Sweden, um, they don't just have them on uh, Fat Tuesday. They have them every week, every Tuesday until Ooh, until Easter. That sounds. Um, but they're nice, aren't they? I love the cardamom nice. in it. Yes, me too. Yeah. Me too. Really tasty. So yeah, do do have a go. What do you think of me vegan one? Well, they're a bit dry, aren't they? Now a bit dry yeah. now. Mm -hmm. The cream's quite nice, though, isn't it? Yeah. Did you manage to find ground cardamom? Because I had to ground my own. Oh, I had to ground my own. Oh. Hmm. Oh, I, yeah, I went through all of all of the supermarkets that we got. Not that we got a vast amount in Exmouth. No. But um, yeah, I had, no, to, I had to ground my own. So some, well, I've got a bit few lumps. Yeah, mine was some, you bite into one. You think, oh. <laughs> 
but have a go at them. Um, we shall put the recipe on the podcast show notes and um, we shall be um, showing our nice buns um, on Instagram uh, next week. WI, gents, how did you get on with your chatting to a stranger? I had a couple of chats with some nice, very nice people, um, usually dog walkers, because that's yeah, it's when easy, you isn't it? and, and it's, yeah. chat about the dog yeah. or whatever. Um, but it did remind me, Lou, I had a, one conversation that I've forgotten about way back, about six months ago. And I was in one of those hood up, get on, walk the dog, get home. And as I was putting the dog in the car, an old guy stopped and, and said something about, Jesse getting in the car, how she got in the car or something. And I and I looked at him in a right old grump as because I thought, oh, we're just used to blokes, aren't we, making yeah. stupid remarks. And so I looked at him and said, pardon? And, and he said something, whatever it was about the dog getting up. He said it again. And we started this conversation. And actually, bless him, he he was he told me that his um his wife has severe dementia. And through lockdown, he'd been unable to get out of the house at all because his um, the the person that comes to sort of relieve him twice a week couldn't wasn't allowed to, in the house. So he'd been really stuck. And he talked about when they'd first re- they retired down here. When he'd first retired, and his wife was okay. He said, "Can you teach me how to cook? How to bake?" Mm. So she taught him how to bake cakes. And he said, then she taught me how to bake scones. Um, and then she got really bad dementia. Aww. And so he's been, he's sort of been baking. And so he was telling me all these things. He asked for my address. And, um, and the next day, I had six beautiful scones, not just the scones, with clotted cream and jam all in this lovely little... How Box. lovely. And that's just chalk, talking. That was just talking to a stranger. Talking to a stranger. Yeah. Yeah. No. And I think I think we just need to all do that a little bit more often, don't yeah. we? Yeah. Yeah, I think so. It can really take you out of yourself. And like like you said, you don't know what people are going no. through. No. No, I yeah. had a conversation with a lady who's who again it was dog walking, but when I sat having a coffee down on the beach and her dogs really annoy me because she lets them off the lead and they go after Luna's ball anyway she was sat on the next bench and I started having a lovely conversation with her I thought forget that because I've already had words with her once about her dog um forget that and we actually had a really lovely conversation which I wouldn't normally have have instigated because how we can judge and form an opinion of somebody so shouldn't yeah Completely. We so shouldn't. Yeah, so you've got a new WI, haven't you? I've got a new WI, bearing in mind we've been speaking fashion and we were talking boobs and bras. Yeah. So our my WI this week is to either get a bra fitting, either you can do them online with Marks Suspensers or Bravissimo, or you can go into a shop. Or if that's impossible for you, you can measure yourself and sort out your old bras and just get rid of the ones that you think don't fit you and maybe have a look um, at what you actually do need and maybe your reality of what size you think you are and what size you are. Yeah. Oh, fantastic. And I believe you've got a quote for us, Jim. I have got a quote. Before I just do the quote, Lou, quick mention, um, next week will be International Women's Day on the 8th of March. Yeah. Um, And the theme this year is Embrace Equity. And on the IWD website, they say, imagine a gender equal world, a world (laughs) free of bias, stereotypes and discrimination, a world that's diverse, equitable and 
inclusive. A world where difference is valued and celebrated. Together we can forge women's equality. Collectively we can all embrace equity. Um, this is how you can do it. You can celebrate women's achievements. You can raise awareness about discrimination. Um, you can take action to drive uh, gender parity. IWD belongs to everyone, everywhere. Inclusion means all. International Women's Day action is valid. And just like you did, you spoke to a woman that you perhaps wouldn't have spoken to. It's about bigging other women up even if you might have previously judged them in a exactly. not so good way. With that in mind, henceforth with, quote, <laughs> friendships between women, as any woman will tell you, are built of a thousand small kindnesses swapped back and forth and over again. The lovely Michelle Obama. Oh, I love that woman. What a lovely quote. What a lovely, lovely quote to end the um, podcast on. Yes. So we hope your tea's not gone cold and that you'll join us next Sunday for The Collective. We would love you to subscribe, favourite and review our podcast. It really does help us spread the word. Please head over to our Instagram page, Womenkind Collective, to leave comments or DM us with your thoughts or watch us and our guests on our Womenkind Collective YouTube channel, which you can today. And lastly, you'll find all the links, the recipes, guest details, and our hashtag Where's My Clinic campaign for a petition from Menopause Clinic in Devon on the podcast show notes. Ooh. There we go. Dry old bun, Lou. Dry old bun and get me boobs sorted. <laughs> get your boobs out and eat your buns. <laughs> boobs and buns. <laughs> See you next week. <laughs>